I know they hate it when I speak my truth. It's dangerous. So dangerous. To bother the same with. Yeah, I say gangster rap in this industry. Brothers was in the street. Group of farmers gripping that 40 cow. They was in the beef. Those became a puzzle just trying to piece them together. Pistols like rock bands hit a sign of the heavy metal. Yeah, welcome back, welcome back to none other than your your favorite, the most anticipated, the most celebrated. <laughs> welcome back, man. I'm just super excited to, to discuss the power of habit, episode four, because, you know, episode three, color me grande. Color me grande, that that Starbucks vibe that we had, that strawberry, strawberries and cream, frappuccino type of thing that we had going on last episode. Because I needed you guys to to fully to fully understand how important it is to envision yourself greater than you are, that you have something to aspire towards. I'll accept greatness because that's how I see myself but I'll accept mediocrity or this level beneath the standard for myself if I only see myself in that frame of mind so how I see myself is important so often, and I'm sorry, we got right into it, right? So often, we will tolerate certain things that are beneath us because we don't see ourselves to be greater than that obstacle, that situation, that relationship, that job, as was said in the previous episode. But now, let's, let's, let's close the book on that for the moment, and let's talk about the power of habit. Now, I was reading this quote, and it says, The secret to permanently breaking any bad habit is to love something greater than the habit by Brian McGill. Let's unpack that. The secret to permanently breaking any bad habit is to love something greater than the habit. So the only way I can get past this thing is to, to develop a love for something greater than this thing that's been detrimental to my growth. So if smoking was something that hindered me, if if having bad finances or being a bad steward over my money was an issue, then now I have to find something or fall in love with something that can substitute it. Oh, I like that. I like that. But listen, so a, 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 a co-worker, a good friend, uh, a trainer, uh, there's a lot of things I could call this guy, right? You know, his name is Charles Trainum. He gave me this book. Now, this book is called The Power of Habit by Charles Duhigg. D-U-H-I-G-G. -G. I'm sorry if you ever happen to read this book. Um, Sorry, if you ever happen to listen to my podcast, brother, and this is your book, and I happen to goof over your name, Lord, brother, just forgive me. It happens. Show me a little bit of grace. But I like your work. 
So they were talking about habits. They were they did a study, and I wanna I wanna read to you guys something, and then let's unpack it from there. So here we are. Now, in the early 1990s, the MIT researchers began wondering if the basal ganglia might be integral to habits as well. They noticed that animals with injured ba basal ganglia suddenly developed problems with tasks such as learning how to run through mazes or remembering how to open food containers. They decided to experiment by employing new micro technologies that allowed them to observe and in minute de detail what was obscuring within the heads of rats as they performed dozens of routines. In surgery, each rat had what looked like a small joystick and dozens of tiny wires inserted into its skull. Afterward, the animals was placed into a T-shaped maze with chocolate at one end. Oh, they had me sold right there, brother. The maze was structured that each rat was positioned behind um, a, a line that opened with a loud click sound. Initially, the buzzer goes off, this lever goes up, or uh, this bridge, I guess, if you will, disappear. It would and down the center aisle. Sniffing in corners and scratching at walls, it appeared to smell the chocolate, but couldn't figure out how to find it. When it reached the top, right away from the chocolate and then wandered left sometimes pausing for no obvious reason now eventually most animals discovered the reward hmm. but there was no discernible pattern in their demandering it seemed as if each rat was taking a leisurely unthinking stroll the probes in the rat's head however told a different story while each animal wandered through the maze its brain and in particular, its basal ganglia were sniffed the air or snatched a, a wall. Its brain exploded with activity as if analyzing each new scent, sight, and sound. The rat was, was processing information the entire time and it mandered. The scientists repeated their experiment again and again and again, watching how each rat's brain activity changed as it moved through the same routine hundreds of times. A series of shifts slowly emerged. The rats stopped sniffing corners and making wrong turns. Instead, they zipped through the maze faster and faster. Watch that, watch that. Now, and, and within their brains, something unexpected occurred. Each rat learned how to navigate the maze and its mental activity decreased as the routine became more and more automatic each rat started thinking less and less all right let's 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 stop right there let's stop right there let's stop right there i'm sorry if it feel like i'm preaching but <clears throat> i need y'all to get this you know i get it while i'm giving it out for free so these scientists are are having this experiment where they take these rats and they have a lever in front of it now, once this sound goes off, the rats go past the lever. Well, once the lever comes back, sorry, they, they enter into the maze. Now, they're sniffing to find a chocolate. Now, they initially look to the right when the chocolate's to the left, and it's for no obvious reason. They just do it. So their mind is trying to figure out where in the world is this delicioso Where's this chocolate at? 
So as it begins to migrate towards the chocolate, it's trying to figure out in a maze where it's at, right? And, and they find out that every time they do this thing after the rat has found the chocolate, instead of going into this thing after hearing the buzzer and wandering around, they don't even think. They just go straight to it. They've developed this routine, this habit of just going in, bust a left, get right to it. And as we study the brain, it finds out that just how easy it is for us to shut off thinking because we get so used to doing something a certain way. These rats, and, and I know this may seem like, hey, you're comparing humans to animals, but listen, fam, don't get so sensitive. Get it while I'm giving it out for free. The thing is this. So often we create these bad habits and we don't even understand that the habit is so bad and what the human mind does and what the brain does typically, it is looking for a, short, a shortcut out. It's overworking at first to figure it out, but once it has figured it out, Going forward, I'm not going to put too much thought into it. I'm just going to do it. There's been times where I've locked. Matter of fact, how many people can say that they, they left their car and out of habit, they hit the lock button? And they're so used to doing it that when they get inside the house, you ask yourself the question, did I lock my door? I don't remember if I locked my door. And then you go out there and you pull the lever and you, or you pull the doorknob and you see that the door is locked. But you're so used to locking your door that your brain doesn't even think about it. It just does it. Now, take that. Now, that's a very small, that's a very small situation, right? Just locking a door. Now, imagine how many bad habits we have that we don't even think about that we just do. Now, because I don't want to make people get super sensitive because I know how it is when I go to punching at truth. Well, one thing we always say is the room gets a little bit more quieter when the truth gets to get thrown thrown around. The room gets a lot quieter when the truth is being thrown around. So I'll, 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 I'll use a very small point. A bad habit like getting up and, and not brushing your teeth. You get so used to not brushing your teeth that you just get up and go to school, go to work, go outside. People do it so much that their teeth start having stains and it's so bad, but they don't realize that they've started this bad habit that when it's time to get up and brush their teeth, they don't even think twice about it. Or the people who don't like to shower, right? And I know you're like, man, give me something deeper than that. But I know that I, this is this is what I'm going to punch with at the moment because if we really hit hard, it it, 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 it make you want to shut the podcast off. And we're only four episodes in, so I need y'all to stick around a little bit longer before we really get into this thing. So listen, it says it was if it was as if the first few times a rat explored the maze, its brain had to work at full power to make sense of all the new information. See what I mean? 
But after a few days of running the same routine, the rat didn't need to scratch the walls or smell the air anymore. And so the brain activity associated with scratching and smelling ceased. It didn't need to choose which direction to turn. And so decision-making centers, <coughs> the brain went quiet. So decision-making centers of the brain went quiet. All it had to do was recall the quickest path to the chocolate. Within a week, even the brain structures related to the memory had quieted. The rat had an internalized how to sprint through the maze to such a degree that it hardly needed to think at all. But that internalization runs straight, hang, a left, eat the chocolate relied upon the basal ganglia and the brain probes indicated. This tiny ancient neurological structure seemed to take over as the rat ran faster and faster and his brain worked less and less. The basal ganglia was central to recalling patterns and acting on them. The basal ganglia, in other words, stored habits even while the rest of the brain went to sleep. To see this capacity in action, consider this graph, right? And it shows this graph and how it clicks and then the first selection and then the first section, sorry, the first section, then the second section and then chocolate, boom. After a week, once the routine is familiar and the scurrying has become a habit, the rat's brain settles down as it runs through the maze. So on the first di diagram, it's a lot of high frequency because the brain is overworking. But then after a week, we see the diagram, the, the, the frequency is low because the brain is on, it's on idle mode. It's just going. How often, right, are we driving to work? I remember, and, and, and God forgive me, but I remember being in a car, texting and driving. And I'm so deep into texting and driving that I know where I'm going, that I don't really have to look up. That's very dangerous. So I had to stop because at one point it almost got me to a really bad accident. But I was such in a habit of being able to text and drive and not give full attention to, to, to driving and seeing who's in front of me that my brain completely shut off. I knew where to turn, where to go, where to do this, where to do that. And I'm just focusing on this text because this text at the moment was more important to my brain. I know where I'm going. And so I end up at work and I'm like, dang, I feel like I just took off driving. But it was because my brain was an autopilot. Stick with me. This process in which the brain converts the sequence of actions into an automatic routine is known as chunking. It's at the root of how habits form. There are dozens, if not hundreds, of behavioral chunks that we rely on every day. Some are simple. You automatically put a toothbrush on, I'm sorry, you automatically put toothpaste on your toothbrush before sticking it in your mouth. Some, such as getting dressed or making the kids lunch, are a little more complex. Others are so complicated that it's remarkable a small bit of tissue that evolved millions of years ago can turn them into habits at all. Take the act of backing your car out of the driveway. When you first learned to drive, the driveway required a major dose of concentration. Man, you would you would look at the mirror, you would you would you would, you know, put your arm on the headrest on the opposite chair. You're looking back and you're looking left, you're looking right. You know, it got to the point where you're like, oh, damn, 
I, I don't want to wreck. Jesus take the wheel. I don't want to crash to another car. I'm just kidding. But no, you're, you're so serious about not crashing the car, man, and making a mistake that you pay a lot of attention. But then as time progresses, you've done this thing a million times over. Now you just back up. You just back up. And now you don't pay much attention to the point where you get into a car accident. I remember backing out of the parking lot. And I'm so used to leaving out of my home that a car had to blow his horn at me. And I'm like, oh, dang, my bad. I wasn't texting or nothing. I'm just like, uh, reverse, back up. Not thinking. Not thinking at all. My brain was already conditioned that, all right, put it in reverse, back up, make bang a left, and we out. That's what happens. Nowadays, however, you do all that every time. You pull into the street with hardly any thought, right? You, you become so conditioned on how this thing works. A habit or a routine occurs. Millions of people perform this intricate ballot every morning. Of backing up and doing this thing unthinkingly. Because as soon as we pull out the car keys, our basal ganglia kicks in. Identifying the habit we've stored in our brains related to backing an automobile into the street. Once the habit starts unfolding, our gray matter is free to quiet itself or chase other thoughts. Which is why we have enough mental capacity to realize that Jimmy forgot his lunchbox inside. Listen, listen to that again. Your brain is so used to doing this thing based on memory that you shut off thinking about performing this action and you're able to think that, hey, I forgot to pack my kids lunch. Hey, I forgot to kiss my wife. Hey, I forgot to cut off the stove. Hey, I forgot to smack shorty on the back of the tushy and tell her a good day. Because... The brain is idle. It's just working off memory. It's habit now. Habit science say emerge because the brain is constantly looking for ways to save effort. I'm going to say that again. The author said habits, scientists say, emerge because the brain is constantly looking for ways to save effort. Even the brain is trying to cut down on its overusage. Hey, man, I don't want to overthink this thing. I want to be able to do this thing without having to think about it. I want this thing to be ultra instinct, like Dragon Ball Z. So, in in I'm a really big Dragon Ball Z fan. So, Goku and and Dragon Ball Super becomes um, ultra instinct. It's his, it's his UI form, right? So there's this dude. He's a god. Well, he's an angel, actually. His name is Whis. So Whis is teaching Goku how to reach this next level. And this level is called Ultra Instinct. It's where your body can can react on its own. He was telling him that the, the skill of the gods is to be able to to master ultra ultra instinct to where anytime somebody throw a punch or throw a kick or throw a kai blast a key blast sorry your body is able to respond on its own because be thinking about your reaction slows down your fighting he said he says to vegeta who is 
the uh, other main character in the show that the reason why you're so slow is because you think more than Goku do. You're a phenomenal fighter. You're you're a good good strategist. You know, your strategies are bar none, but it makes you way slower because you have to think about every move that occurs. And because you have to think about it, it slows you down. So now you have to master this thing called Ultra Instinct. That this is exactly this is exactly what the human brain does. It's trying to master Ultra Instinct. Voila! The brain is always looking to save effort. So left to its own devices, the brain will try to make almost any routine into a habit because habits allow our minds to ramp down more often. This effort-saving instinct is a huge advantage. An efficient brain requires less room, which makes for a smaller head, which makes childbirth easier and therefore causes fewer infant and mother deaths. An efficient brain also allows us to stop thinking constantly about basic behavior, such as walking and choosing what to eat, so we can devote mental energy to inventing spears, ir irrigation systems, and eventually airplanes and video games. L listen, listen. <coughs> Have you ever noticed? You just walk. As simplistic as that sound, somebody who got into a car accident or a major injury has to re be has to be taught how to rewalk. Has to be taught how to walk. They have to be instructed on how to do this thing from scratch, where me and you can just get up and just start walking. You can be in a full-fledged conversation. Notice you don't have to say to your legs, hey, move right, move left, move right, move left, as you're walking that mile with your friend having a whole conversation. You don't have to overthink chewing and, and, and listening to somebody or talking to somebody because it just naturally happens. Your brain is in idle mode. It's just... It's autopilot. It's just going. It becomes a habit. But conserving mental effort is tricky because if our brains power down at the wrong moment, we might fail to notice something important, such as a predator hiding in the bushes or a speeding car as we pull onto the street. So our basal ganglia have devised a clever system to determine when to let habits take over. It's, it's something that happens whenever a chunk of behavior starts or ends. To see how it works, look closely at the graph of the, of the rat's neurological habits again. And, and you notice from the beginning of the maze, you know, when you hear the click to the, to the moving and then again at the end when it finds the chocolate. You see at the beginning, here's the click, boom, I'm thinking, <sighs> how do I get there? Boom. Now, first section, no activity really. Second, no activity really. Chocolate. Ah, gotcha. Hmm, tasty. The spikes are the brain's way of determining when to to cede control to a habit and which habit to use. From behind a portion, right? For instance, it's difficult for a rat to know if it's inside a familiar maze or unfamiliar cupboard. So behind that 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 barricade before they hit the button to let the mice or the rat inside of the 
the the the maze it's wondering huh well, I wonder what's behind this lever I wonder what I'm gonna have to go through in order to get to this chocolate so the mind is overworking but once the lever comes back and it goes and it sees ha I've been here before don't have to think I just walk forward bang a left ice cream or chocolate sorry I don't have to think about it you see the brain has this three-step loop first there is Q which is the trigger that tells the brain to go into automatic mode and which habit to use. And then there is routine, which can be physical, mental, or emotional. And then finally, there is reward, which helps your brain figure out if this particular loop is worth remembering for the future. So what that means is click. I'm in automatic mode. Routine, physical, mental, or emotional. Reward, should I remember this? You got to ask yourself, what are some of the routines that you do consistently that brings forth bad rewards that your mind is remembering and that it goes to? Over time, this loop cue, routine, reward, cue, routine, reward becomes more and more automatic. The cue and reward. Thank you all for tuning in to Today We Decide About Tomorrow podcast. This is episode four, The Power of Habit. Now, this is episode four. Now, there will be a point five where I'll continue in on what um, I was trying to get you guys to understand about trying to hone in on habits how the brain works and what we need to do going forward i know some of you are probably really really deep in thought on this one because this is probably a little bit different than normal be it the fact that i was really um reading material that i thought was essential now for the next part of it just stick around for it you did it